What's up, world? I'm Cameron McKinney, and this is Pop Culture Spotlight, a podcast about the movies Rocket Man and The Farewell. But first, let's talk about Rocket Man, starring Taron Edgerton. This is, of course, the musical about Elton John's life. Here's a quick synopsis. Reginald Dwight changes his name to Elton John, becomes the biggest pop star in the world, yet he feels alone and unaccepted by the people in his life, and this leads him to become addicted to drugs and alcohol. This film has been on my anticipate-to-watch list since I heard it was happening. Taron Edgerton as Elton John. I, I liked him in the Kingsman movies. I think he's an interesting actor. This was his big step to Towards movie stardom, and I think for the most part, he succeeds. The number one reason why this works is because he's believable as Elton John. When he sings the songs, it's not a detraction. He's quite a talented singer. I actually think the setup of the movie held Taron back acting wise because it was all about his singing like we didn't get to see Taron really act all that much in the film while in other movie musicals you get really raw performances from Rami Malek and Bohemian Rhapsody and Joaquin Phoenix and Walk the Line I mean this was a full on musical Rocket Man is a full on musical I mean this movie made a choice to be all about Taron and his singing ability and that's what it was it was all about Taron and it was all about those Elton John songs. I think there's one memorable scene with Taron Edgerton as Elton John that's not a musical moment that really stood out. And that's the moment where he visits his father, who now has another son, and is like looking at Elton as though he's a failure and he's moved on. It's like literally, that's Taron's Oscar moment in this movie. And then another great moment is when he tells his mom, played by Bryce Dallas Howard, that he's gay and that and her response is, you're never going to find love in this world. I thought those were the two moments that showed Taron as a great actor. I think the movie didn't have enough of those moments for Taron to shine in this movie when he's not singing. And those moments with his parents are those moments for him to shine. I mean, it, this was really going to be an Oscar-nominated performance. I think it needed more of those moments. And that's not Taron's fault. That's the arc of this film is that it was a full-on musical. I mean, think about La La Land. That's a that's a modern musical that has its actors shine in moments that aren't just songs. Like, there are some really great acting scenes between Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone that aren't singing moments. All of Taryn's moments, other than the two I just described, are all singing moments. And that's why I think he got nominated for a Golden Globe and not an Oscar. Rami Malek got to be the star of Bohemian Rhapsody while Elton John's songs got to be the star of Rocketman, not Taryn Edgerton. Even though again, I thought it was a really good performance. Jamie Bell as Bernie Topin, who is Elton John's songwriting partner, is delightful in this film. I first saw Jamie Bell in the movie Jumper. And since then, he's had ups and downs. He's been in the movie Snowpiercer with Chris Evans. He was in the Fantastic Four movie, which I thought was terrible. I think this is by far Jamie Bell's best performance in a film. He's not asked to carry the load. He's not the lead character. He's a supporting character. He gets to have fun. He gets to be Ellen John's only friend in the film, really. And I think Jamie Bell kills it in the role. And he has really good chemistry with Taron Edgerton. I'd like 
like to see those two make some more movies together. Then you have Richard Madden of Game of Thrones fame as John Reed, Elton John's manager. And I think this character in movies can sometimes be cliched. The music manager who is sinister and evil. And I don't think Richard Madden comes off as that in this movie. He just thinks of Elton John as a business. He does not view him as a human being towards the end of this film. He's a music manager that cares about money. He's not over the top evil, which I really appreciated. Listen, I don't think he was playing the nicest guy in the world, but he was playing someone who would do anything to have Elton John as his client, so he would do and tell him whatever he wanted to hear in order to get him as a client. And then, once he's under contract, treat him a different way. I think that is the most realistic portrayal of a music manager I've ever seen. And I really enjoyed Richard Madden's performance. I mean, he was playing, this is a real life person, of course, and this is somebody who was in the movie Bohemian Rhapsody. There's a scene where he gets fired from Queen. Other than the performances, I really like the use of Elton John's songs in the movie. Again, Terran can really sing, but sometimes the fantastical elements of the movie and the musical moments takes you out of the plot, but mostly overall, it's effective and adds to the movie. Now let's talk about Rocketman's weird relationship with the movie Bohemian Rhapsody. For starters, they're both about musical legends, Freddie Mercury and Ellen John. Two, they're both directed by the same man, Dexter Fletcher. And the third is something you can only tell after you've seen Rocketman. They're both about how lonely fame can really be. I mean, Freddie Mercury was lonely throughout Bohemian Rhapsody. Elton John was so lonely in Rocketman that he had a failed marriage to a woman. The biggest difference between these two films is that Rocketman is a full-on musical, whereas... Bohemian Rhapsody was a drama with music included. Like, they would only play Queen songs during concerts. Where Rocket Man is more of that classical musical, it's going to break out into music, and everyone's going to sing and dance. One thing I thought about after seeing this movie is, is this movie the type of movie that's going to continue the trend of making musical biopics, or is it going to stop it? 2018, Bohemian Rhapsody comes out, makes 900 million million dollars and everyone wants to make a musical biopic. Then they make Rocket Man, a bi musical biopic about Elton John. It made a little under $200 million worldwide. Not nearly as massive as Bohemian Rhapsody, but it's way more of a critical success to Bohemian Rhapsody, even though Bohemian Rhapsody is the one that had the Oscar winner in Rami Malek. I mean, I know they're going to continue to make movies about musicians, but are they going to make it in this distinct style about these beloved legends. Like, one thing I was excited to hear was announced was James Mangold directing a film with Timothy Chalamet playing Bob Dylan. Like, that could take this genre to the next level. Guess what I'm wondering is, are these movies about these people and what they go through, or are they about our nostalgic need to hear these songs in movies? Like, I think a lot of the success of Bohemian Rhapsody is, I just want to hear a bunch 
bunch of Queen songs for the next two hours. Maybe people don't feel that same way about Elton John songs the same way, of course. I mean, 900 million compared to 200 million is a big gap. But I also wonder if there was no Bohemian Rhapsody and this came out, would Rocket Man be a huge, massive success? Was Rocket Man helped or hurt by the existence of Bohemian Rhapsody? And I think the answer is both. I think Rocket Man owns its existence to Bohemian Rhapsody, but it also owes people's tiredness of this type of movie to Bohemian Rhapsody. I think people were upset that that movie won at the Oscars. I think they were upset Rami Malek won an Oscar. And I think people just didn't want to give Taron Egerton an Oscar nomination for playing Elton John after just giving one to Rami Malek for playing Freddie Mercury. I think people were tired of that type of movie. Even though I think Rocketman is not that type of movie, it's just thought to be in that same genre. I think Bohemian Rhapsody is a classic biopic, while Rocketman is a musical about the life of Elton John. Overall, I thought Rocketman is a really good film about a musician in Elton John who I didn't know a lot about. I mean, for a long time for me, he was just the guy who wrote the songs from The Lion King. And I think this is a film that perfectly shows the dark side of fame. But it also shows that people were willing to accept Elton John being so different on stage than anybody else. But in his real life, they wanted him to be like everyone else. For example, he could be flamboyant on stage but he felt the need to be married and hide the fact he was gay from the public. I mean, that's just insane. I definitely recommend you check out Rocket Man, a film about the great Elton John. Now let's switch gears and talk about the film The Farewell starring Aquafina. Here's a quick synopsis. Billy, a Chinese-American, is told her grandmother is dying and that she needs to keep it a secret from her. This film was perhaps the surprise hit of 2019 and the biggest surprise is the performance of Aquafina. She is tremendous in the film and she 100% should have been nominated for an Oscar for portraying Billy. In this film, she proves she's more than just playing the comedic sidekick from Ocean's 8, Crazy Rich Asians, and Neighbors 2. And of course, her hilarious rap career. I just think this is a full-on performance that should have been nominated for an Oscar in a year where there wasn't that many great performances. For example, if I had to rate the three best performances I saw in 2019, I would go with Lupita Nyong'o in Us, Saoirse Ronan in Little Women and Aquafina in The Farewell in that order. The other great performance in this film is from Zhao Zhu Shen, who is perfect as Nai Nai. She is Billy's grandmother in the film. She has great chemistry with Aquafina. Their moments together are so entertaining. The movie opens with a phone conversation between the two. I mean, they just have insane chemistry. Just listening to them talk, I would watch that for about an hour and a half. They are both very believable as grandmother and grandmother daughter together. Let's talk about the director of this film, Lulu Wong, who also wrote this movie and based it on her real life. This actually happened to her. She was told her grandmother was dying and that she had to keep it a secret because it was tradition. For her to make a movie about that is what movies are about. It explores life in a meaningful way while still being entertaining and relatable. That's the number one thing this movie is. It's relatable. 
most people have meaningful relationships with their grandparents. I also think the movie is about how people deal with grief because there are scenes in the movie where Billy doesn't think her mom cares about her grandmother enough. But really what her mother is doing, or at least how I see it, is her mother is hiding the grief from Billy, her daughter. Like they don't want to be emotional in the same way. The issue that everyone has with Billy's character in the film is that she is openly emotional and they all think she will reveal to the grandmother that she is dying. Billy grieves openly while the rest of her family grieves privately. And that's the big question between both sides of this. Billy is open to everyone knowing how she is feeling in that exact moment while the rest of them are more private. I think the film shows that two people can care about someone deeply but show it in different ways. I mean, Billy cares openly and is willing to tell her grandmother that she is dying while the rest of the family cares because they are willing to go through an entire fake wedding just to spend time with Nine-Eye. One could argue in a weird way that that's the same amount of caring about someone. I think the telling scene of the movie, and it's also the most suspenseful scene of the movie, is when Billy shows up to China unexpectedly. And the moment is suspenseful because they all think that Billy is going to reveal to her grandmother that she's dying through her emotions, but they also have to act like they are happy to see Billy to make everything seem normal between all of them and her. And just the way Aquafina plays off in that scene is amazing. She's playing off of the idea that her parents are not happy to see her in that moment perfectly. I think what really stands out about this movie is again that relationship between Billy and her grandmother Nine-Eye. Like that's just the most honest depiction of what the grandchild, grandparent relationship relationship is. Nai-Nai admires the fact that Billy is independent, but she also wants Billy to get married. She wants Billy to be social at the wedding, which she is. She travels to China. She does all these things. She does karaoke at the wedding, all due to her love for her grandmother. And throughout the movie, Billy is hiding the fact that she did not get a fellowship at the Guggenheim, where she's trying to be a writer. And she finally tells that to her grandmother, thinking her grandmother is going to be disappointed in her. Well, the opposite is true. She tells her to not get hung up on her failures. Another thing about this movie that was really fascinating is that when these, when this family sat down, it felt like a Thanksgiving meal because there was a competition between them because they had not seen each other in so long. And this was Billy's family's first trip to China in forever. And all three of the families, one of them stays in China. The other one lives in Japan. And Billy, of course, is from America. All of them compete in silly ways by like how much time you spent with Nine-Eye recently. When was the last time you went to China? Like those silly things that families bicker about and compete over. There's real friction between them, but they have to keep it all together for the grandmother and for this fake wedding. I think the cultural difference between the film is also fascinating. Like this idea that someone has cancer, you hide it from them is not American at all. Where like immediately you have this, you have 
have to do this, 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 and this, and you have to deal with it. And there's a powerful scene where Billy's uncle is explaining to her what this is about. It's about all of us going through the pain and suffering of her having cancer and her avoiding it, which in its own way sounds kind of noble. Billy's mom says it's not the cancer that kills them, it's the fear. The thinking of the film by those that are hiding it from her, they believe it is an unselfish act. And Lulu Wong's grandmother, who this movie is based off of, is still alive six years later. This is the kind of thing that this movie gets you to think about. Like, how is the right way to deal with this idea that someone is going to be told they are dying? Should you tell that person they are dying? And if you think that answer to that question is no, where do you draw the line? Again, at the end of the film, it's revealed it's been six years later and Nai Nai is still alive. And I'm 100% sure that the people that hid the cancer from her believe that's a reason as to why she's still living. Because she didn't have to live with the fact that she had cancer. She just went about her day and acted like she was having a normal life. Like in the movie, whenever she has a cough, she just thinks it's a bad cough. And again, they get doctors involved in this to lie for them, which is legal there. Personally, I believe whenever you are sick, you should be told you are sick. But I also do not think that they are bad people for lying to her. They are not lying with her with the intent of malice. They are doing this because they believe they are protecting her and helping her to live longer and get through this. I do believe there's something to the mental side of an illness. Once you figure out you have something, you can not get that out of your head and you begin to overthink everything and worry and panic. I also think what I love about this movie is that's not really the question or what this movie is really about. It is about the special connection between a granddaughter and a grandmother. That really is a special bond. Most people do not see their grandmother or grandfathers daily. They see them once, twice, maybe three times a year, but it's a special bond where no matter when when you see them, you still have that special connection. Like, Billy has conversations with her on the phone. You can feel like you still know that person every day. They are a big part of that person's life. And Billy in the movie will do anything to make her grandmother happy. And the other thing this movie is about is about emotions. How some people have the same emotions, but sometimes they're internal like Billy's parents, and sometimes they're external like Billy. This is the type of movie that propels Aquafina to superstar status being an actress. Like, I want to see the next few Aquafina movies and see if she does more comedic roles or more dramatic roles. Like, right now she's in a Comedy Central sitcom, which I have not seen yet. I I will check that one out. But I think I want to see her do more of the charming, dramatic roles because I think that her comedic sensibility actually works out really great in dramatic roles. I think she is great at playing somebody who feels out of place. Like in Crazy Rich Asians where she starts hanging out with the rich people, she feels out of place. In the farewell. She shows up to China after not being there in forever and she feels out of place and it's awkward, but at some point she gets through it. Like, I think she's so good at playing that type of character who's just completely out of place. Like, there's a scene in the farewell where she has to make a toast at this wedding and it's just, you can just see the fear and torture in her eyes. She definitely feels like a fish out of water. She's so good at playing that. You can just see it on her face. For this movie, 
movie to work, you have to believe in the performance because if you believe that Aquafina's character is not going through a painful experience by not telling her grandmother she has cancer, then the movie does not work. This movie rested on the hands of Aquafina and she rose to the occasion. One of Aquafina's next roles is the voice of Scuttle in the Little Mermaid remake. Like, I'm here for that. She's also going to be in a Marvel movie and I 100% hope eventually she's in the Crazy Rich Asian sequel. I highly recommend you check out the Farewell, the surprise hit of 2019, directed and written by Lulu Wong, starring Aquafina. Check it out. Thanks for listening to this edition of Pop Culture Spotlight. I'm Cameron McKinney. There'll be a new episode of the podcast every Thursday on Apple Podcasts and iTunes. This week, I put the spotlight on the movies Rocket Man and The Farewell. Next week, I'm putting the spotlight on the movie Yesterday, starring Himesh Patel and Lily James, and the action flick Hobbs and Shaw, starring Dwayne The Rock Johnson and Jason Statham. So tune into that and please rate, review, and and subscribe.